welcome to Demand and Disrupt the Disability Podcast. Here, we will learn to advocate for ourselves and each other. This podcast is supported with funds from the Advocado Press, based in Louisville, Kentucky. Carvis Johnson is the Satellite Office Manager for the Center for Accessible Living in Murray, Kentucky. She is a certified social worker with a master's in social work from Western Kentucky University. Carissa is the 2017 recipient of the National Independent Living Council Region 4 Advocacy Award for work with Accessible Murray. Carissa is diagnosed with cerebral palsy and anxiety. She uses our power wheelchair for independence. Carissa lives in Murray with her husband, Ben, and now seven-year-old son, Will. Hello, Carissa. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Nice to be here. Thank you so much. Well, um, your chapter in the book is wonderful, and you touch on so many topics that I I want to talk about. Um, First off, how are things? How's your son doing? He's starting school now. He's in first grade now, so he's raring to go. But right now we're in party mode, actually. So that's the only thing on his brain. He's his birthday's tomorrow. So <gasps> oh goodness. Wow. Well, happy birthday to him then. Yeah. That is great. That is it's, great. I wish I wish I loved my birthdays as much as kids love theirs, don't you? <laughs> well, I actually do. I yeah, I'm one of those <laughs> weird people that celebrate all month long. And I think he's getting that from me. Oh, that is <laughs> that is both great and something you will regret, right? Well, I always say it's better than the alternative. True. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, one of the things you mentioned in your chapter of the book, and that book is A Celebration of Family, Stories of Parents with Disabilities, and I always link to that in our show notes. One of the things you talk about is uh, you went through uh, some medical garbage, as I refer to it, and you had to go get blood often, get give blood once a month. And can you tell me a little bit about your experience with, um, I don't know, the world's dumbest technician? <laughs> the world's dumbest technician. Well, I hope they're not <laughs> dumb now. I hope I taught them a thing or two. But you did too. Uh, we had some fertility issues. And I always throw the caveat in there. It had nothing to do with my disability because People have that aha moment, like, you're broken, and that's why. Uh, But no, it had nothing to do with my disability. So, But because of the hormones and things I was taking, I had to be monitored every month, which means I had to go to the office and get blood every month. Uh, And the technician, I live in a small town, so it was the same technician every month. And in the beginning, it was okay. They just took my blood and go and went, but I did that for over a year. So she got to know me a little, a little bit as she saw me or so she thought and sprinkled in to our conversation as she was taking my blood. You know, I really hate to see you coming back so often, or I guess it wasn't positive. You're back again. And then it, then it morphed into uh, you know, maybe God or whoever the higher power you want to call it is trying to tell you something. Maybe this isn't for you. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe you shouldn't be doing this. And 
that broke my heart. You know, having to experience that every month, I was already being disappointed every month when the pregnancy test was negative. So it was an emotional roller coaster that I endured longer than I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lesson learned, I guess. And finally, I requested another technician because it got to, it got so bad. I would leave there in tears. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point, the last couple of visits that I had with her took my husband with me. So she wouldn't say anything. She was really surprised that I was married, really surprised that I had a master's degree. I tried, I, I auditioned for her, I guess. I tried to tell her every positive thing about me so she would yep. shut up. Yep. And uh, it never happened. Uh, so, did you have any conversation with her or did you? Talk to like the manager of the facility. How did you go about? Uh, I talked to my physician and requested another technician. Unfortunately, other than, you know, trying to tell her that I was gainfully employed, you know, I was married, I had a master's degree, I had all these things and, you know, it was my life. I did try to tell her that I didn't really say anything else. And probably because I was so wounded, uh, to be quite honest, that's my one regret is not going to her particular supervisor. I did go to my doctor, but they they contract with the lab outside the office. So lesson mm-hmm. learned, I guess. It's it's exhausting, though, isn't it? Um, you mentioned yeah. that. You mentioned the that whole experience then... was exhausting. I will never forget that feeling as long as I live. And it didn't, it, it, I mean, it was already something that was hard for you emotionally. It didn't need to be worse. No, it really didn't. You know, anybody going through that heartache, they're, they're, they're on hormones, first of all. So <laughs> your emotions are all over the place um, <laughs> anyway. And then to top it off with the heartbreak of not getting pregnant every month and then to being told constantly that you're not supposed to, you know, I, I don't know how I made it through it. I'm a strong human being is all I can say. Absolutely. Absolutely. I assume spiritual counseling was not in her job description. No, <laughs> it's funny how they throw God in, in, in my neck of the woods around with everything. Yep. Same, so. same, <laughs> same. God needs better messengers. Don't you think? Um, <laughs> Exactly. Definitely. Um, we've, unfortunately, I think what, what you're talking about is not uncommon. And you do talk about in the book, the auditioning uh, for people. And it's, it's the constant proving of yourself. So can you talk about that a little? Yeah, I've always felt my mother taught me from a very early age. Her reasoning of why I'm the way I am is that I'm a teacher. So from a very early age, she taught me that I was put on this earth to teach other people, which is a great thought process. Absolutely. But at the same time, it kind of put that uh, stigma on me where I've always got something to prove no matter what I do. So I've always got to show somebody that I'm the best at everything despite of who I am, despite my disability and despite my limitations, 
I, I, I can do anything you can do and I can do better as, as that song says. And so I, I'm always on in auditioning mode. I'm always supposed to be the positive one. I'm always supposed to be the uh, one that can do anything. And for the most part, I am a positive person, but I do struggle. I, you know, I'm proud of my disability. I'm, I finally got to that point where I have some pride and I'm okay with it. But at the same time, I have my bad days. So having to struggle with that auditioning piece of it where here we go again, you have to slap that mask on and prove to everybody that you can do it just as good as they can. It it gets old. (laughs) It does. I call it the presenting of the resume. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you're always on that job interview. Yes. Yes. I I mean, I'm not just a blind person. I'm not just a blind stay at home mom. This is a choice. And here's, here's, here's my resume. Here's my awards, all these things. And it is ridiculous. Um, Here's everything I've I've done since high school and then some. (laughs) Absolutely. I wish we didn't have to do it, but I really think we do. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, society still sees us as a little bit less than, and that's what's wrong with this world. They kind of view us as a little bit broken, that something that needed to be fixed, still that medical model piece of it. Um, And we're shifting in a better way to that societal piece of it where let's fix society, but it's not quite there yet. You know, can you go ahead and talk about that? Talk about the difference between the medical model and the social model of disability. Sure. And the medical model is you have a diagnosis, right? So I have cerebral palsy. And in order to improve me, I have to fix that. So I have to go to physical therapy and I have to take medication and I have to do all these things to fix myself because there's something inherently wrong in that. It's a defect. Um, the societal model says that disability in itself is a natural part of uh, life or the human existence, so just like eye color, hair color, everything else. And it just happens in some folks. And what those individuals need to improve their life is not fix the diagnosis but fix the things around them that are wrong in society. So making things more accessible, um, educating other people, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So disability is natural. You know how long it took me to to be okay with that sentence? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Say it again for me because it's good for people Disability is natural. That is awesome. That is Absolutely true. Honestly, I've never given it much thought, but you're right. Disability is natural. Um, I'm going to make that my new mantra too. Do you mind if I steal that? I do not mind at all. It's ne- it's not uh, a copyrighted quote by me, so go right ahead. Keith and- Hosey, I can appreciate him for that. Oh, Keith Hosey, I'm going to have him. I'm working on getting him on the podcast also. So I will tell him that that you said that, that well, you stole his- he's listening. He did teach me a thing or two. (laughs) So uh, speaking of medical versus social, uh, we have a problem with individuals, but the problem 
maybe it's a top-down situation. So I want to talk about, in the book, you mentioned uh, the PCAP program, uh, which uh, is the personal care attendant program here in Kentucky uh, that allows you to get some of the things that you need. But can you tell me about the hoops that you have to jump through and what the how that impacts your overall life? Sure. Um, PCAP was originally designed in the 80s uh, for individuals to be able to hire an attendant to take care of some of their needs. Um, however, in recent years, the state of Kentucky has started going um, towards the uh, Medicaid waivers and things of that nature to be able to for our individuals to be able to do the same thing. And that is great. That's fantastic. That covers a lot of people. A lot of people benefit from that program. I was one of those that fell in the loophole because by the, t- by the time, you know, that all came around, I was working. I didn't qualify for traditional Medicaid anymore. I'd finally made the leap off of all the benefits, which isn't really an easy thing to do in itself. Um, and they they started requiring that all PCAP recipients sign up for Medicaid. And, you know, I don't qualify for additional, additional Medicaid, number one, but there was some loopholes or something that would make me qualify if I signed over over things like my house, you know, when I die, that death benefit and all that stuff. And um, I kept getting denied. And I thought, you know what, this is ridiculous. You know, I, I need the service. I'm a fairly independent person, but I do need assistance getting up in the morning. I need assistance getting dressed. Shouldn't be ashamed of that. I'm thankful that I have the help. And but you know, if I didn't have that help, I wouldn't be able to work. I wouldn't be able to pay taxes. I wouldn't be able to do all the things I do do for my family and my son and everything else. So I had to jump through several, several hoops to be able to be exempt from that Medicaid aspect that would put me on a waiver first and then PCAP second if I still needed it. Um, you know, but that's a scary thought. Okay, so to be able to function in day-to-day life, I have to be strapped down to benefits. I have to be on Medicaid. I have to be, you know, I have to sign over my house. I have to do all these things. And that's so limiting for a person. You know, no, none of us with a disability, whether we're on benefits or not, none of us really want to be. We do it because we have to. And it's taking away that choice. And that's a really hard decision for anybody to make. I I struggle with that now. My husband and I have the um, conversation all the time. Do I need to make that leap away from work and back on benefits? Because I'm getting older. As you age, things, you know, happen to us all. But I'm requiring more assistance now. I'm in more pain. And, you know, uh, so there's more medical bills involved. 
that insurance has to cover right now. At what point does that get too expensive? Do I need to do I need to make that leap back on benefits? And that's a scary thought for me because I enjoy what I do. It's a passion of mine. I love it. I love coming to work every day. And so I'd hate to give that up. I would if I had to, though. And you are, you're, you would do that for your family. But I would in do doing, that for my family in a heartbeat. And in doing that for your family, you're depriving the people you help because you're in a service industry. You serve people and you are uniquely suited to serve those people and to get them to a point where they're independent, right? Yeah, exactly. But there will come a day where I will have to, and I know it's coming, that I will have to say no more. And that will be a really sad day. All because Just of the because way. Because the, the societal laws are broken, as I say. That's what's wrong with society, in my opinion. Yep. It's not me, it's the system. Yep. At the risk of uh, sounding like one of those uh, messengers from God, amen. (laughs) (laughs) You can still be a messenger from God as long as you're telling, as long as you're spreading the right message. There you go. There you go. Yes. Yes. Anytime you're telling somebody what they should or should not do, you're not speaking for God. What is it? What is the saying? Um, If God only likes all the same things you like and hates all the things you hate, then you're probably not speaking from God. It's just yourself. So. Exactly. So, um, well, Carissa, thank you so much for joining us. I, I wish all the best for you and will your son. I wish all the best for him. He's got a great role model. You have been wonderful to talk to. So thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Thanks to Chris Unkin for our theme music. Thanks to Steve Moore for our providing our transcription. Support comes from the Center for Accessible Living in Louisville, Kentucky. And you can find links to buy the book, A Celebration of Family, Stories of Parents with Disabilities, in our show notes. Thanks, everyone. Just for once, I think I would
Spells out the 